Hi, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. This is a marketing podcast like you haven't heard before. It's about real connections and honest conversations. Why am I here? To remind you that you can fly. If you're brave enough to listen to that calling inside you, I'm here to serve you and show you that marketing can and should be honest, that the truth sells and authenticity wins. So how can businesses and brands build a real and authentic audience? The Authentic Audience Podcast gives you insight into growing your business and marketing strategies to gain real followers and loyal customers. Each week, I create a space of radical honesty for thought leaders and entrepreneurs who have built successful businesses to share their insights on business, marketing, relationships, life, and spirituality. Each episode is sure to remind you the power of storytelling and truth selling. Get ready to get real, get raw, get honest, and keep growing. Shane Mackey is Principal Brand Strategist, Creative Director, and Executive Producer at Bespoke Creative. She has over 25 years of experience in marketing, advertising, magazine publication, meeting production, and public relations, having held positions in creative direction for print and digital, brand strategy, account management, launch, and national meeting production. She has worked in large and small advertising agencies, design firms, and in-house brand marketing and creative groups. Currently, Shane is a consultant for various companies, including healthcare, business services, retail, fashion, and technology, working on brand development, product launches, packaging, event planning and production, and creative development. Uh, So after hearing that intro, you know why Shane's (laughs) here. But more than that, uh, Shane was one of the very first conversations I ever had when I decided to quit my job and start this thing full time. And one of the most profound conversations I've ever had to date. And we recently got back in touch and I just thought I got to get her on the show. So welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, thank you so much. Wow. That was quite an intro. I am so, so thrilled to be here too. So thank you for inviting me on. Yeah. So I just want to start by talking briefly about how we met. Um, It was just such a pivotal moment. And from the moment I realized you were coming back on the show or coming on the show, I was really thinking about how we have these like moments in our lives that just change everything. And it was such a small moment probably for you. And for me, it was it changed the course of my rivers, as I like to say. So I was um, considering quitting my my day job to go into marketing and, and sort of brand and um, all these things that obviously you heard Shane does. And um, it was through a friend, a mutual friend who was very supportive of my decision. He's like, I know who you should talk to. And <laughs> And I looked you up and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's giving me the time of day. And first of all, like to just get lunch with somebody, you know, you were flying in, had all these busy meetings and to drop, you know, everything, time and energy is so sacred to me. And, um, that meeting changed my life. So, um, Yes. And, and it's, and it's why I truly, you know, I, I think about it all the time. And what you told me in that meeting was you could have one of the most successful marketing companies if you want to. And I think feeling seen in that moment, I was scared. I was lost. I was confused. And for you to put your faith in me being this really, um, successful, powerful female in business and exactly what I wanted to do to shed light on me in that moment was really all I needed. And 
therein lies the power of mindset right there. So that was almost four years ago, um, you know, that we had that lunch and here we are, you know, authentic audience is almost three years old and we were just talking offline about how it's all been going. And, um, the other piece of that meeting that you said to me (laughs) is marketing is answering the questions. Who are you? You tell me, you tell me what it is. My, the the four big questions, who are you? What do you do? Why does it matter? And I know you talk about how can we help? And, and I look at that fourth question from the consumer or the customer perspective and say, what's in it for me? Because when they're asking you those first three questions, you know, as every consumer does in the back of everybody's mind, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, that fourth question is always what's in it for me? What, what is this going to give me? Um, so yeah, those are the those are the four cardinal questions. And I actually, I have to give that, um, that comes from the brand gap by, oh my God, Marty Neumeier. Mm-hmm. So that's where, that's where I got that. So I got to give props to Marty because he writes some of the best brand books out there. So. Well, I love that because I think, you know, we're constantly building on top of what we're learning from other people. And so if you've ever worked with me or you've ever reached out or filled out any of our applications at Authentic Audience, those are the first four questions. And I got that from Shane. So, um, yeah, it was just a really powerful meeting. Obviously for me, it changed the trajectory of my business and my life. And, um, yeah, so that's how it went for me. My question is, is what is it like being on the other end of that? You've obviously been doing this a very long time. You've mentored so many people. I know mentorship is a big piece of what you do. And seeing sort of that experience that somebody has just from your words and from your energy and then going on to create a business out of it, like what is that like? Getting, I'm not a mentor yet, you know, so I, it would be cool to hear the other side of it. You know, it's, it's humbling. Um, because you, and, and humility to me is, is so, so important. So it's amazing to hear. And I am, I'm, you know, you're going through all of that and I'm a little choked up because, um, it's humbling. Um, I, I don't think any higher of myself than I should, you know, I, I believe in working hard. I believe in, um, you know, doing your best. I believe in, you know, and, and, and doing what you're passionate about and doing what you're loving. And then it all kind of falls in place. And, but, but I learned probably 10, 15 years ago, I learned how to have a voice. And I learned that not only is it important for me to have a voice for myself um, in my own business, but it's also very important for me to have a voice for those generations coming up behind me. Um, and, and I, I really stepped into the mentor role probably 11, 12 years ago. I moved home to Philadelphia from Boston, had kind of crashed and burned um, in my career, had a relationship. I, I mean, life blew up, totally blew up. And I moved home. And um, it's interesting because I started riding horses again, which I do competitively on top of all the work that I do. And it's really the reason I go to work every day. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, and I was in my mid thirties single. Um, and, and I'm in these barns and most of these barns are full of kids, these young women, aspiring women who, you know, are watching you, right. I'm single, I'm buying my own horse. I'm competing. I'm having success. I'm doing all of these things. And all of a sudden you start to realize that, that you're not in a bubble, you know, that, that, that everyone is 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 watching who you are they're watching what you're doing they're watching how 
you're navigating this because, you know, at that point, mom and dad are paying the bills. And so there's, there's not, it's a little amazing to see somebody come in and kind of, you know, do all the things that I did. And, and that's where a lot of this started. And it, and it started with, you know, high school girls, these young women who I just, many of whom are still my really good friends, but really uh, being able to kind of speak into their lives about everything from school and college and life beyond and how to manage a business and writing and all those sorts of things. And it, and it just kind of took off and, and, and I stepped into that role and I welcomed it. You know, it, it was, it, it's not for everybody um, because people are watching you. And, mm. and when you, when you make the decision to be, Oh, you know, to, to, to step into that mentor role, um, you know, you become very mindful of everything you're doing. You become very mindful and very thoughtful as to how you are presenting yourself into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, I welcomed it. I, it, 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 it made me look at myself differently. It made me really rise to the, the occasion and rise to the challenge and, and be very thoughtful around these young women. And then, you know, it, I, then I started to meet more women and, and men, but primarily women, um, in, in business yourself, a couple other people that worked at the company in California. Um, and I started to own my voice and I started mm-hmm. to own my knowledge and my experience and realized that I had things to share too. Um, you know, and, and it's all very personal. And I think that's, that's what's most important about it is, is to realize, I think, I think mentors and executive coaches, I know that's a huge industry now. It has to come from the heart and it has to come from your personal experience. And, and, and that's, that's the best way you can help people. And, and, you know, my life motto is that every experience is an opportunity to learn. Um, and you're going to learn more in what, what you or others may deem as mistakes and failures than you are in the successes, but there's growth and there's learning in the success too, but you got to learn how to look for it. Mm. Um, and not just ride that wave of success, but really take that moment and pause and really look at how you got there. Um, so it's, it's humbling. It, it, it calls me to a higher place. It calls me to, a higher place in honesty and integrity and ethics and character um, and accountability to myself, to other people. Um, but I love it. You know, I think it's, it, I think it's, it's one of my favorite things to do now. I mean, when I really have an opportunity to, um, to sow a seed into somebody else's life, I I'm all, all for it. And, you know, we haven't talked in years and, oh my gosh, look what you've done over, you know, one or two, you know, lunches and a couple of phone calls and emails. And so you don't know, you don't know what you're going to provide other people. Um, but if you're authentic about it and if you're honest about it and if you're true about it, and if you're not, a, if you're not embarrassed or ashamed to share the good and the bad, um, it can provide unbelievable opportunity for other people. Yeah, I I think it's so beautiful. And also just how intentional you are, because here I was, you know, young, you know, I I just turned 32. So this was, you know, four, almost, it could have even been five years ago, but it was, it was at least four years ago. I'm in my late twenties. I was single Mm -hmm. um, at the time. And 
everything was riding for me on this lunch. Like it was my one connection (laughs) into that world. And I was hanging on your every word, you know, and I wasn't even thinking about what you were thinking about because all I'm thinking about is I hope she sees this in me. And now that I am remembering back to that meeting, you did say something about the waves, well, the success waves, and you got to ride the wave when the business is high and you got to ride the wave. And, Mm -hmm. and, and just hearing you talk is reminding me so much. And my listeners are probably smiling because so much of what I preach and what I talk about is honesty, (laughs) integrity, authenticity. I named my company Authentic Audience. And so mentors are so important. And also it Mm -hmm. doesn't need to be somebody you talk to every day. Like you said, Mm -hmm. I had researched you. I had read about you. You gave me like a very long lunch. And then we had a call and some emails after that. And it really set the stage for what would be someday my company. You know, it was like the early, early foundations. Authentic audience wasn't formed until like a year or more after that conversation. But the morals, the core values that you were sort of preaching towards me in that meeting, now that I think about it, really became the foundation for what I do. And realizing the power of your words, I think what you're saying is so important. Like, whatever you said to me in that meeting, like you were my lifeline to this world, to this future that (laughs) I wanted. Right. And you were so bigger than life and still are. And to have somebody see you and like be so optimistic, you know, about, you could have said anything. You just said, this will never work. Like don't get into this industry. And I would have done what you said because I was, (laughs) Oh my God, you know, (laughs) to tell me at that time, you know? And so I think that, Um, it's, it's beautiful how intentional looking at the other side of it on the mentorship that you were, um, coming into that meeting, knowing, um, how valuable what you said. And again, like, you, you know, it's humbling, it's not an ego thing, but it's people are looking at you and you have a responsibility when you step into that role. And I think about that all the time on my platform. And when I'm doing this podcast, it doesn't escape me for a moment that there's somebody listening right now to these words and, right. And hopefully, um, being affected and feeling something. And so, yeah, it's so beautiful. I think the interesting piece too, is that on the other side, you were, you were ready for it, you know, in having this conversation now you were, you were really, really ready for it. And, and so the other, on the other side of that, you know, I've had, I've had several mentors still do who are critical, but, but you have to be open to it. You have to leave your ego at the door. You have to, you have to be ready to expose yourself to somebody else. You have to be ready for, you know, some constructive criticism. You have to be ready for, um, and, and willing to really look at yourself and to really ask those hard questions and to allow somebody else sometimes to really challenge and push you farther. And it's scary. People don't like change. They don't like to be told what they're, you know, what they are and who they are and what they're doing and whether they're doing it right or wrong. And, you know, and, and I am, I'm a decade older than you are. And so, you know, as I was coming up, it was all about networking and networking and networking. And one of the things that I found over time is that networking didn't always work all that well. And truth be told, I hate sales calls. I don't like to cold call any people. I don't, I hate them. You know, I, I am actually, I have my own executive coach and, you know, we had that conversation and I'm like, Michael, I can't stand making cold calls or reaching. He's like, it's not about that. And, you know, it's, it's about making some sort of connection with people. And, and mm-hmm. it's, it's about 
speaking your truth and speaking authentically about who you are and what you're putting out in the world. And I think that's why mentorship is so important because, you know, our mutual friend, Mark, you know, I mean, I'd known him for years and years and years and, and, um, and, and that's how that happens. I think networking is such a fluid thing. It's not, you know, go to these five activities and, and, you know, you need to connect with these 42 people on LinkedIn and maybe something will happen. It's about relationship. And I think, I think more and more now it is, it's, it's, it's about building and cultivating those relationships and some are good and some are bad. And, and, you know, it, it kind of evolves over time. Um, but having, having a mentor and, and being a mentor and having a men, having, you know, being open to being mentored, it, it's all about value. Right. And I think, um, you know, that's kind of that it, it took me getting well into my forties to really understand value, to understand mm. your value as a person, whether that is in your family, whether that is in relationships, whether that's in business, um, it, you know, and, and really understanding and owning that. And I think you, it takes time to learn that it takes time to explore that. Um, and, and so I, I tell everybody, I know, get, you know, find somebody that whether it's, you know, relationships, whether it's business, whether it's sports, whether it's whatever, find somebody who's doing what you want to do and go talk to them. Right. Because at the end of the day, that's really what mentorship is all about. Um, and, and really learning from those folks that, that have gone before you and have blazed those trails um, in whatever that is, you know, whether it's writing, whether it's knitting, whether it's, you know, cooking, whether it's, you know, launching businesses, you know, I, it's interesting because I need another one. I actually um, have, have started this um, second business and I'm floundering in it right now, to be totally honest, because I can't find the right people to talk to. Um, and it's out there and the products are patented, but trying to get this thing manufactured and off the ground has been, I've been chewing on it now for four or five years too. And um, it's a great idea. Everybody loves it, but, but I'm still looking for that mentor. I'm still looking for that person that's going to help, you know, light that fire and get, get me kind of the next level. And so, you know, we always have an opportunity to learn and grow from people always. And, um, and, but, but it, you have to be willing. And there's a lot of people who aren't. I mean, I hate to say it, but there are a lot of people who, you know, think they're fine just the way they are. And that's great. If you don't want to grow and change, okay. Um, but you're going to miss out on a lot if, mm -hmm. if you don't have that kind of spirit of wonder and growth and, you know, moving to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such an important point. And I, I say it a lot, but it's hard because when you invest and I learned it luckily a little bit earlier on, you know, um, everything that I've, I've, every job I've had, I've been realizing lately, cause I've actually been going on other podcasts where they ask me about my journey and blah, blah, which I've not really talked about much on this podcast. And I've realized every job I had at the moment that I had, it was my dream job. And it was mm -hmm. always because I had gone up to, even in LA, when I thought I wanted to be an executive producer, uh, there was a woman on set. Actually, she was in my dream last night. That's so crazy. Uh, Kelly. And she was who I wanted to be on set. When I looked around the set, she was who I wanted to be. So I went up to her one day and I said, I want to do what you do. How do we, how does, can we like talk for 10 minutes? You know, I'm super green. I just moved to LA. I would love to have your time. Not only did she give me her time, but she ended up hiring me. And I think that you, like you said, you could lose a lot. Like 
there, it doesn't hurt to ask, first of all. Second of all, mm-hmm. I get so much uh, inbound, inbound leads, inbound traffic, emails. But when somebody emails me, they're like, I look up to you. I want to just talk to you about how you created your business, what you do how you've done it. I take all of those calls. I think it's so cool. And also people from an ego standpoint, just love to talk about themselves. So like, if if you want to reach out and ask, chances are they're going to be really excited to talk about themselves. And one Mm -hmm. person who reached out to me who wanted me to mentor him, I ended up hiring him. So I think that, um, it's worth the investment. And I want to get back to the value conversation because that's a really big one for me. But the last thing I'll say is, you know, these mentors in your in our lives, it's everything. And that's mm-hmm. the best advice anybody's ever given me. And if I didn't have that mentality, I probably wouldn't have taken the lunch with you so seriously. And, and you know, and then and on and on and on. And now when people reach out to me and they're like, I'm just graduating college. I can't believe you have your own business. Da, da, da. I'm like, great, let's talk. You know, it's so exciting. So, but getting back to the value piece. Yes. Um, this is big. And I want to sort of unpack that a little bit more because you had written that in your notes. And it's something that I have to talk about a lot of what I do. And I'm not sure if you do this too, but is resistance coaching. So when I'm talking to clients about sales, launch, brand, whatever, um, so much of what we're overcoming is in the mind. And oh, yeah. I think that's where the value lies. So I would love you to talk a little bit more to that. What exactly do you mean by understanding your value and how do you help people do that? So before we get there, I, I'm a huge fan of The West Wing, the show that was on. And Same. one of my huge fan. And, and I don't know if you remember, there was one episode where um, Bartlett's about to go do, um, he's about to go debate for the for the second presidential run and they they tricked Toby and and said he wasn't ready now but he was having a crisis of confidence and they said that the battle is won in one square foot in your mind and won or lost in one square foot of your mind and um it's I know so, that episode yeah I, I could probably we could we could talk about those for 20 hours so. but um but it's it's so incredibly true and and we the we have more power in the thimble full of brains we have in our head than we ever give ourselves credit for. And unfortunately, a lot of the time it works against us. Um, and um, so, so real, so this notion of, you know, resistance coaching is unfortunate, but again, I think, I, I think some of it is, you know, I think society, you know, is, is so fear-based right now and, and um, you know, and people are just afraid of change, but but let's let's park that and talk about yeah. value because I think it's a whole conversation on oh, resistance yeah. and um, yes. But um, you know, value value is a really really interesting thing, and and you know, we talk about brand value all the time. So we know in the you know we 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 can identify value in other things pretty easily. You know, whether that be the products we use, or the cars we drive, or the houses we're in, or you know, the prices we pay for things, we understand value, right? We understand you get what you pay for, right? You get, you know, you understand quality and value and all these kinds of concepts. But when we start to apply that to ourselves, it, it gets a little blurry, right? People don't quite understand how to really quantify themselves and, and, and put value on themselves. And, and if you can grasp this concept and if you can understand and really learn this concept, it's, um, it's pretty extraordinary because you, you do everything differently. 
Um, so it takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot of self-exploration. It takes a lot of almost doing those four questions on yourself, right? Who are you? What do you do? Why does it matter? And what's in it for everybody else? You know, what are they getting? What am I bringing to the table? How am I showing up? And what am I bringing? And the thing is, we all have value just the way we are, right? Every person, every human being on this planet is valuable just the way they are. And, and sadly, we are all so conditioned to based our value on other people's judgments and on other people's needs on other people's opinions, you know, on these kind of out exterior, um, uh, you know, litmus tests when all of our value already resides in us. Um, and, and it's in, and so it, it is really an inner journey to find it because you have to truly start to understand yourself, understand who you are and what you bring to the table. And, and then you come from a place of self-confidence. You come from a place of power. You come from a place of authority. Um, but it's all very authentic and it's very honest and it's very humble because totally. it's not ego-driven and it's not, it's not insecurity-driven. It's very much a recognition of, here's what I know I'm going to be able to give to you. Um, and you know, it, it's interesting because right around the time you and I met, I had started consulting for this company out in California and, and I had, you know, I had to negotiate contracts, which let's face it, everybody hates to do it. And yeah. especially, you know, and, and, you know, you, you see a lot, you see it a lot on LinkedIn, you see it a lot, people talking about the imposter syndrome. Um, you know, a lot of creatives talk about it, but I think it goes across the board. I think anybody in a, any kind of consulting role or small business role, strategic consulting kind of thing feels that way because you have to put a price tag on who you are, on, you know, your intellectual property, which is kind of intangible a lot of the time. You know, we're not, we're, you know, we have billable hours, but let's face it, if we actually build every hour we worked on a client, <laughs> none of us would get paid. Um, and so, but, but it, I had to really sit and think about what I was bringing to them and the value I was bringing to them and negotiate accordingly, which mm. um, as a woman is hard to do, um, you know, and, and I was in a position where I was, I was a little nervous about it. And, mm. but I really started to set forth my value. And, and the funny thing is, is once you figure that out, you think you're going to have to push forward an entire argument about it or really define yourself. And 99% of the time you don't. Because if you, whether you do it in writing in a, you know, a statement of work or you're negotiating a contract or whatever, and you really put forth what you're going to bring to the table and you recognize what you're going to bring to the table and you know what your value is, 99% of the time they buy it because you know, mm -hmm. it really I, is. I've been at the, the part that I want to ask you about is, well, so many, so many things in that, uh, you know, break down and I, one thing is, um, just to go off of that, like I've raised my prices. Um, mm -hmm. we recently sent a contract out and I was like 
holding my breath, you know? And, and one thing I've realized too, is if people sign right away, it means you're not charging enough. <laughs> like it doesn't, like I used to get really excited, like, oh, they wrote back, they replied to my email within five seconds. So I'm like, now I'm like, okay, I'm definitely not charging enough if they don't even have to think about it. But the second piece of that is when they say yes, which happened to me recently, we sent a contract out and I've been, I've been burned a couple of times in the, in the last six months. So I've taken a little mm. bit of a backseat on the contract part and I've let Clay sort of, he's a little more detached just in general. I'm emotionally invested in everything. He's like completely detached. So it works for him to do the contracts. It's a great partnership. And he was like, I, this is what I want to send. This is what it's worth. And if they say no, I don't really care. Like this is what it's worth. And normally my emotional investment would be like, no, like I have this stubborn loyalty to people. We've worked with them before. And at this point I was so sort of, uh, like you said earlier, um, burnt and just, I hit a wall and I was like, just send it. And they wrote back, great, no problem. Like, where do we sign? And in the shock, I like, I wish I wasn't so shocked. Because mm -hmm. it's one thing to actually charge your worth, but then when somebody says yes to it, be like, yeah, you should be like, of course they said yes, that's what I'm worth. But I was like, oh, no way. And I hate that. Yeah. So I, um, the so there was a, there was a six month, or no, it wasn't even six months. It was probably three, not even two. I think it was like two months. Um, the company in California became the became a company in New Jersey, and um, there was there was a huge turnover and and there's uh, the the VP of sales and marketing and I've known each other for 25 years, and I worked with him in California. My contract ended. I needed to take a minute. He took over at a, at a really high level, and called me and and said, "You've got to come back." And I said, "Okay," and. But I, I thought, mm, guess what? I'm, I'm gonna dig my heels in a little bit on this one, and and there were a couple, you know, it took us six months to close the deal, mm. um, you know, and and for for several reasons. But um, and and but I was in a position all of a sudden where I thought I've got other work, you know, I, I if 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 this doesn't work, I'll be sad because I love the product and I love the people and I'm, I'm super dedicated to it. And now I've got a contract to the end of 2021, but, um, but there were a couple things that came up and there were some, there were some team members that, you know, he's like, he tried to get me on staff and I'm like, no, 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 I don't do staff. Sorry. Um, but, but one particular issue came up and I was up, I couldn't sleep for a week mm -hmm. because it was a circumstance that I thought I can't, I, I can't work with, I can't work in this environment. Like it's just not going to work. And I thought, okay, you know, and, and I thought I'm going to, there's a really, really good chance. I need to have this conversation, but I could lose, I could lose this opportunity. And, um, and I, you know, I talked to friends about it. I talked to my partner about it. And, and he's like, you, you haven't slept in a week. Like you have to talk to him. And I did. And I put my foot down and I said, look, here's what I know. Here's what I feel. Here's what I'm willing to do. And, um, you know, and it, 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 it took a while. Um, but in the end we all got what we, we all got what we needed. And, um, you know, and, and he continued, you know, my, my boss, client boss, um, cause I'm pretty much, you know, I'm, I'm half of the brand team, but, um, you know, he comes back all the time. He's like, you know, this is, this is easy money to spend because, mm. because of everything you bring to the table. 
And, um, and I think, but it was scary, you know, I mean, I I started crunching the numbers and I'm thinking, yeah, this is accurate. And, and it may be even a low ball. Then it's, it's a, it's a lovely number. Um, but you know, you have to be, you have to be willing to take those chances because usually they work out, you know, if you've built the relationship, right. Cause it all comes back to that. It all comes back to those relationships. Um, if you build the relationship and you, um, you know, your value, you build the relationship when you ask, usually they're going to say yes. And if they're, if they don't say yes, it's not the right fit anyway. Right. And, you know, and, and I know in the environment and the economy we're living in right now, this all feels, sounds like a luxury to people, right? There, there are listeners to this podcast right now that are going, yeah, whatever. That was two years ago when the economy was great and things were cooking and everything's fine. And now, you know, we're in a very, very different space. Honestly, depending on the, on the market sector you're in, but quite honestly, if you know your value, you know, people are still hiring now. Oh yeah. Um, there are a lot of big, big jobs available out there. And, um, and if you know your value and you, you build the relationships and you build the rapport and you, you know, and you go in knowing what you are bringing to the table, um, they're still out there and, and it, and it, and it still holds true. I, and you know, when I, when I mentor people, kind of bring this all back together. Um, when I mentor people who are going to, for jobs, you know, and going to interview and, you know, I'll do mock interviews with people all the time and I'm a tough yeah. interview. Um, but the one thing I'll say to them is remember something, you know, they are, you know, they are buying your value. They're buying your services, but you have to work with these people day in and day out. And, and, you know, I'm now in my, oh my God, late forties. And I can tell you at the end of the day, it is all about the people you work with. Um, you know, the work is the work. And, and I know as you kind of rise through your career, you know, your twenties and early thirties, you're in the growth mode and you're just a sponge and you're learning and you're learning and you're learning and you get to your middle and your late thirties and into your early forties. And, and you're suddenly realizing you need to be a subject matter expert. Like you're starting to understand that, you know, you need to have a voice and, you know, you need to understand what you're talking about and you need to be very capable. And then you hit your mid forties and beyond, and, you know, you're leading teams and, and you're bringing along those people. Um, but you know, you're working with these people day in and day out. And it doesn't matter if, you know, you're the most junior person on the team, you're somewhere in the middle, or you're the most senior person on the team. You've got to understand where you fit and you've got to understand those interpersonal relationships because, it makes or breaks your work experience. Not the work most of the time. And not um, the money. It's the people. And not the money. It's the yeah. people. I'm, I'm um, definitely learning that. And I think that that's such a valuable point. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier about building relationships because I too hate sales calls. Um, I, I don't do them. Um, it, I build relationships and that's just so different. And I think that goes a lot of what I, what I do with my clients is I work on selling and I work on the mindset around that. And like you just said, even just changing it from a sales call to building a relationship, just like changing the name of it, um, mm-hmm. sounds so much better. It sounds so much lighter. And I think being in our world of marketing and sales, it can get a bad rep and it can get, you know, nasty at times. And I like to think that like, you know, people like you are really paving the way. And like you're saying, it's the people um, that make it what it is. And it's also the intention. I think nothing is good or bad. It's the intention that you bring to it that makes it the thing. And so, um, but I do agree with you that 
I'm, I, and I'm, I have learned that and I'm learning that, that like people are the most valuable thing. I've never actually gotten a job, uh, based on my resume. Um, I got a, I got a 4.0 in college. No one gives a shit. (laughs) Like I have, I've got two master's degrees and I can tell you that every, you know, every, um, and one of them, well, they're both from prestigious schools and, but every job I've gotten with the exception of two have been have been personal referrals. Personal um, referrals. Yeah. It's, it's, I've, I've interviewed twice in my life. It's twice. amazing. The best form of marketing, I have to say always after doing this digital world for three years is still word of mouth. So, oh yeah. Um, totally. I want to get into that though, cause I have questions around marketing for you, but, yeah. um, going back to, um, what you said about being a woman, um, mm-hmm. I was recently interviewed, uh, for Forbes actually. And, um, cool. it was top female execs give their advice on blah, blah, whatever. And I'm like, why does it have to be female? You know, it's like, it's 2020. Why can't it just be top execs? You've been in this industry for 25 years. Um, how has it changed for you? I'm hoping for the better, um, being a woman in, in industry and business in marketing and what have the changes, you know, what sort of change, if any, have you witnessed just in feeling confident, I guess, as a woman in business, has it changed? Has it gotten easier or have you just gotten better at it? Maybe both. You know, it's funny because I, um, I never, I never felt Um, I never had an issue anywhere, you know, with, um, with being a woman in business until, until I became really senior. Mm. Um, so, mm -hmm. and, um, that's where I started to feel it. Um, but kind of rising up through, you know, I was always the, you know, first one there, last one to leave, roll up my sleeves, do anything you ask, whatever. And not, not for any of the reasons, but I liked it, you know, when I yeah. was dedicated to my work, I remember I lived in California in my, in my, uh, in my twenties. And I, I had come from an ad agency in New York and followed my boss from the agency to San Francisco. And we launched a, a, a product in San Francisco and I was so used to New York hours. And, um, I got in there in the first week and we're like five weeks away from launch. And so there's so much to do. And, and it was like six thirty, and they had me tucked back in a corner, which I loved along the windows and, you know, in the, in the office in South San Francisco. And, and, um, my boss came over and he, he tapped me on the shoulder and he's like, come here. And we walks me out into the space where all the cuticles were. And he's like, listen. And I'm like, what? And he was dead quiet. It was six 30 on like a Tuesday night. And he's like, and I'm like, it's really quiet. He's like, nobody's here. Go home. It's like, this is California. Everybody left like two and a half hours ago. I'm like, why are you still here? He's like, well, I work like you do. I'm like, well, I still have work to do. He's like, do it tomorrow. Go home. Mm. And so I, but I just, that was just me. Like, that's just, I'm going to work till it's done. And if, if I'm in the flow and if things are moving, I'm going to work till I have to finish. But, um, but it wasn't until, and, and I, it was interesting because I was named, um, VP creative at an agency when I was like, 32 and came out of, um, my MFA and design school and so wet behind the ears. And, um, and that was interesting because I think the, my boss at the agency thought he could really kind of control me. You know, he's Mm. like, Oh, she's smart. She's talented, but I can mold her. Mm He wasn't so successful, but, um, but I didn't even really feel it then. And, and, um, you know, the, the, the person, Oh God, he was the greatest, like, 
number two I've ever, I mean, it was just awesome. And we got along great. And I never really, I never really felt it until I became, until I stepped into that, you know, that legitimate, because, you know, agency vice presidents versus industry vice presidents are two totally different things. Right. Um, and, uh, in terms of title and, and level and, and all those sorts of things, you know, I, sorry, all you agency folks, I don't mean to, to offend, but everybody's a vice president, yeah. but, um, <laughs> so true. you know, and, 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 and I know why they do it, but you know, you get on the industry side and you start to climb and you're a senior director level or, or, and, and then you start to feel it a little more. Mm. Um, and, um, but I, I don't, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think about it all that much. I, you know, I'm probably a horrible feminist because it's not, it's, it's no, not it's, something it's that's refreshing. on my mind all the time. Like I just, I'm not fighting for it. You know, I think, and, and right now um, it's myself and another woman that are running this, the brand that we're on and, and, um, and it's fantastic. Um, and, and it's, and again, but it's relationships, you know, I've worked in, I've worked in environments where a lot of women are together and it's, it, it, it doesn't work really well. Um, a lot of the time, um, I think women can be really hard on each other. Um, but, but this relationship works amazingly well and, you know, we have a lot of fun and we work really, really hard and, you know, but, you know, I pick up the slack if she's got something else going on and vice versa. And it's just this great, great relationship and our boss is amazing. And, and, um, so, you know, I've seen it. I've definitely seen it. I've seen other women struggle. I've seen, um, you know, I, I've, I've, I've watched it. I've experienced it to some extent. You know, I find it a lot. I do a lot of work in pharma and healthcare and I mm-hmm. find it a lot with working with doctors. Um, mm, you know, then, then, yeah, you know, that, that's, that's where you start to see it sometimes. But, um, but I've, I've been lucky, you know, but, yeah. but like you said, I, I, I can be a bull in a China shop. Um, I am very effervescent. You know, my boss called me the other day, you know, the champagne bottle with tons of bubbles. So there's, there's a lot of energy, you know, I can never sneak into over, even if I'm dead silent, I, everybody knows I'm there. Even when I try to be covert and stealth, I can't. Um, so I think I just kind of have that personality that kind of steps over some of those hurdles, but yeah, I mean, it's refreshing too to hear that because it's just become such a big conversation and I'm so glad. But at the same time, I also have not experienced so much of it. LA was really bad. Like I was working mm-hmm. on TV sets and guys would say things, grab my ass, you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But um, being at the level that I'm at and having a business, there's only been like one or two clients that are like, oh, well, like, let me talk to Clay. And, or like, they want to talk to Clay and I'm like confused about why, because it still like, isn't clicking that they want to talk to him because he's a man, because that's crazy to me. And then he's great. He'll get on and be like, Oh, Krista's really the brains behind this. Like you should be really talking to her about it, you know? And he just immediately throws it back and, you know, Mm -hmm. takes the heaviness out of it. But I haven't experienced very much of it either. And I do find myself very grateful. And you touched on something else, which I am experiencing. And that's the call out culture among women right now. And that is worse than Mm -hmm. any experience that I have had with a man. It is so cruel. And Mm -hmm. every time I've been burned in the last couple of years in business, it's women. Mm -hmm. It's women on women. And 
And I, and I hate it. And even, um, with the black lives matter, um, big movement that's been happening. Uh, I have a lot of clients and even myself and friends who have really big Instagram and, and, and followings and stuff like that. And they're posting about black lives matter or they're not, or they are, they're doing it wrong or, you know, something. And the hate that they're getting from other white women is insane to me that there's really like beautiful comments from black women, like, thank you DMing, like the whole thing and the, the hate and the trolling and the call out culture amongst white women. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. And it's just become really hard. And, and the most recent burn I had is, is by a woman. And I also mostly work with women. And mm-hmm. for me, it's kind of funny because, and I, this is going to just sound bad, but I'm just going to say it. I hold women to a higher standard than I hold men. Um, it's just something that is probably not fair, but it's something I do. And I've realized this lately in a, in a conversation amongst friends, I was holding the female in the conversation to a higher standard than the man. Cause I'm just like, well, I kind of expect men to hurt me or break my heart or whatever, or say the wrong thing, but women like, come on, yeah. you know, and, and witnessing that in the work environment is really intense. And my question, I actually had it written down to talk to you about, uh, how the women, um, on women sort of conversation and, and business goes. And I'm glad to hear that you have a really great female partner right now. And what your sort of hope or wish or prayer for is women in business and, and leadership in general. Well, you know, it's interesting. And, and it, again, it gets back to kind of mentoring, you know, even my, I, most of the agency team that we work with out of New York, and it's a phenomenal group of, but it's all women and they are extraordinary women. And, and I've been able to travel with some of them. And, you know, a lot of them are younger, they're, you know, 20s, early 30s. And and we sit and have these conversations and, you know, and, and I'll, it's the same kind of thing. I'll start to share stuff, you know, just my own experience or my own thoughts and they kind of drink it up. And I think, I think it's important. Um, you know, women haven't had a voice and, and it is, it is very, it still is very much a male dominated, you know, in business. We know who those leaders are. Um, Mm-hmm. everywhere you know you have some some really big women in business in in some really powerful places that have done amazing things and turned businesses around and um but but there needs to be more of that i think you know and and but you know what i think men need mentors too and i don't think they have enough of them either um and 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 i think and i think that i i think having those conversations and, and hearing from those, um, hearing from women who've gone before you, it's important. I think it's important for men to hear too, but, but they, their voices have always been out there. Right. I think, you know, women are, are, are still blazing trails in, in some, you know, in a, in a lot of ways. And, but it's important for young women still to hear that. I think it's important. It's important for women to champion each other, the cancel, you know, the cancel culture and, and, you know, and, and all of that challenge culture, it's, it's devastating to me. I'm, I'm not part of it right now and I'm grateful for it. Um, because, but there are other women in my office that, you know, that, that there is a little bit of oil and water. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, it comes back to your value. It comes back to understanding what you bring to the table. It's back, it's back to not being threatened by someone that may bring something else, whether it's another viewpoint whether it's another skill set, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, you know, 
we, there is enough space for all of us to be us and to be celebrated for who we are and what we bring and what we do. And, and, and I, I wish we could all get there because there is enough room for everybody. And, uh, you know, my, my boss, when, you know, there were a bunch of jobs open when he took over and kind of rebuilt the commercial, um, the commercial group. And he's like, what do you love to do? What are you, what do you love to do? And what do you love to, what do you want to wake up every morning and do? And I thought, finally, somebody who gets it, someone who then understands that if we can celebrate each other's strengths, right? It's it's not, I don't see it happening as much in the nineties and the early aughts, you know, you saw this, you know, you've got to work on your weaknesses. You've got to, no, you don't because you're never going to like them. You know, uh, you know, Jennifer and I both don't like doing the financial stuff. Like we hate it. We have to do it, but we've got other people on the team that love it. Let them do it. They're going to celebrate it. They're going to do it better than we are. They're going to give us the feedback we need. We can make decisions. There are things that I, you know, that, that she and I are better at and we, you, you know, yes, you want to, you want to be well-rounded, but you know what, celebrate what you're good at. And if everybody on a team with your friends, whatever, celebrated what they are the best at and, and championed each other and what they're really good at, we'd all be a happier world because you would all be, we'd all be playing to our strengths. We'd all be playing to those things that get us excited, that keep us work. You know, you know, you're in the right job when you look up at, you know, you put your head down at eight o'clock, you look up at seven at night and you're like, Oh, where'd the day go? And, and you can have that experience. You can have it where your days are 20 minutes long. It feels like even when you're on zoom calls for 12 hours right now. Um, but, but I think that's the thing that, that really, really, um, upsets and frustrates me, but you know what? Celebrate you know, everybody's got something valuable to bring, whether it's a sentence, whether it's a skill set, whether it's whatever, and celebrate that, you know, because none of us are perfect, right? None of us will ever be perfect. We are all one continual golf game, right? We are all just, we're all just trying to learn and grow and one day at a time. And, and so, you know, I, again, I think that's why, you know, I think that was one of the biggest lessons I learned, especially with these young women um, in a competitive environment, right? We are, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're looking at the horses and you're competing and I am wickedly competitive in that arena and um, really hard on myself. And I had to learn these young women are watching and they're, and, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're in a board, you know, when you're in a meeting, your younger colleagues are watching, they're watching how you're engaging, they're watching whether you're connected or not. They're watching how you're talking to people They're, you know, and, and they're learning again, it's all about those relationships and those people. And so we all need to champion each other. Women need to champion women. Women need to champion men. Men need to champion women. Um, you know, but I think that kind of same sex mentoring, that same sex, you know, kind of celebration is important too, because it. uh, you know, we, we get each other on it. I mean, we're, we're so wired differently than men. And, um, even those of us, and I have, I have a lot of, I have a lot of, you know, colleagues and friends that are like, God, you really kind of, and then some of my thinking, like you really skew male. I'm like, really? I am the girliest girl you'll ever meet, which I think is funny. I'm like, okay, great. You know, I always used to call myself a left brained creative too. Like, that's fine. I've got these quirky juxtapositions and I celebrate that. Like, good. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I come at it from a different way of thinking, but, um, but yeah, I, it's, um, you know, I, 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 I am an eternal optimist and, you know, I just, 
I wanted everybody to get along and I know not everybody does, but um, you know, we all, again, it's the value, it's the value proposition and we've all got it. And, and if you find it, hold on to it. And if you find it in someone else before they do tell them about it, champion Mm. them, cultivate that in them, let them know how they are valuable to you, to an organization, to whatever, because we don't know. And, and we don't give that kind of support and encouragement and positive feedback to people. Um, so if you see it, tell somebody, mm. share that, let them know who they are. They may agree with you. They may not. They may think, right. And four years later, they could have a conversation like this. Yeah. You know, it's so beautiful. <laughs> oh, and I, I just think it's so important too. And I'm just so glad, you know, I had all of these questions written down. I didn't really know which direction we were going to go in, but I think, you know, it's the power of mentorship. It's the power of connection. It's the power of celebrating each other's strengths. And it just all goes back to that people, right? Like I think with marketing, um, and my last, you know, I, I did have a question around marketing. Yes. And that was, um, you know, is there a consistent challenge that you see people facing when you come into an organization? Like, is there something that's sort of like over the last 25 years that it's like, everybody has this problem kind of thing. I was just curious, but as I was, um, you know, thinking and talking about this, this episode, it's just like, especially in marketing, sometimes it can feel a little like robotic. It's like, you guys, we're talking to people. We're just connecting with other people and, and what makes authentic audience so unique, you know, I'm using air quotes is the whole thing about authenticity. Like all I want to do is help you connect with your dream client in an authentic way that earns loyalty, trust, builds a relationship, everything we've been talking about and everything that you've just said, that is what marketing is to me. Mm -hmm. It's building relationships. It's Mm -hmm. celebrating each other's like strengths and, and then marketing that, you know, to the right right people and whatever. So it's so interesting. But my question around marketing was that like, what is marketing to you and what is the biggest sort of challenge you see people face across the board in marketing? So uh, marketing to me, it's, it's, it is, it's relationship management. Um, it's communication. And, and I think, I think the biggest thing I see and it drives me nuts and, and is, is everybody thinks you one size does not fit all. Every brand is a living, breathing organism. I don't care if you're a person. I don't care if you're a shoe. I don't care if you are a company. I don't care if you are a piece of broccoli, like everything is living and breathing and you have to really understand the brand. You have to understand the essence. You have to understand that it is organic and it's moving and it's changing and it's evolving and it's growing and it's, you know, it's, it's expanding and it's contracting and it's doing all of these things. And, um, you know, and, and, and I'm going to quote Marty Neumeyer again, it's not what you as the marketer thinks it is, it's what your consumer thinks it is, right? So it comes back to those four questions because, and so everybody, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I think marketers make is to try and pull tactical plans off the shelf. Oh, we'll give you one of these and two of these and four of these and let's pull this social media strategy that's worked for other, every other brand we've done and let's do this because it's worked. And, and my first question is always, has it really you know, has it really, because there are no two products that are really alike, right? Um, There's a fantastic podcast out there called Business Wars. 
If you haven't heard it, I highly recommend it. And it it juxtaposes, it it looks at two products or two brands and and how they've navigated the marketplace with each other, against each other, who's won, who's lost, who's done this, who's done that. But what's interesting in that is that you see that everybody can take a position, right? There's room for everybody. You know, we live in a capitalist society and there truly is room. But you've got to understand what it is you are marketing, mm. you know, whether it is a person, whether it is a product. Um, I am working in the Parkinson space right now. Wow. And there's there's nothing more um, relevant than in Parkinson's because every general neurologist, and especially every move, movement disorder specialist you talk to would say if their, their quote across the board is if you've treated one Parkinson's patient, you've treated one Parkinson's patient because every single patient presents and 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 evolves in that unfortunate journey um, differently. There's there's no set symptoms, there's no set disease projection progression, that nothing. Um, and so it's it's constantly experimenting, it's constantly kind of trial and error, it's a constant check-in. And I think marketing is 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 about you know giving birth to a brand if you have the opportunity to launch something which is exhilarating and fun and amazing and you know to create a product and and bring it to life and bring it to market but you've got to be there along the way you know you are you are the curator you are the parent you are the guardian of of these products um throughout their life cycle and and you can't launch something, put it on autopilot and think it's going to be okay. You know, um, even products, you know, that sell themselves, they still have to evolve. You know, yeah. the market has shift. Look at 2020, look at what COVID has done to all of us. Right. Um, you know, I've never pivoted so fast in my entire life. And one of the thing, one of the big, two big revelations that came out of just this experience, one is that we all can pivot faster than we think we can. Oh yeah. You know, and two, there's a hell of a lot more innovation out there than, than we give ourselves credit for. And I think one of the things from a, you know, from a capitalist consumer marketing perspective is to see what comes out of this. You know, we can't go do photo shoots. We can't go do video shoots. We can't go do any of these things. So what's it going to look like in six months? Are we going to have this beautiful, raw engagement you know everybody's watching tiktok which oh my god if that's not a cross section of the, where all of our minds are right now um what a, what a rabbit hole but what a fascinating place to be you know what what are consumers going to allow us to say to them and and how are they going to allow us to come into their lives and into their experiences differently than they have over the last however many years are they going to allow us to do things a little more roughshod you know we're sitting here, you know, six, eight months ago, even though this is, you know, you and I are on Zoom and looking at each other while we're doing this podcast. Six months ago, I would be completely dressed and hair oh, yeah. done and whatever. You know, I went to the barn, I came home, I'm still in my riding clothes, my hair's in a ponytail, I'm sweaty and dirty, and that's fine, you know? So, and, and all of my calls are like this, you know, we're all on the phone all day long. And, you know, those that I have to get on camera for, most of them we don't, but those that we do, nobody's dressed and you know and it, and it's okay dogs are barking kids are screaming deliveries are showing up there's totally. you know you know and so it's going to change again and so so you have to be able to understand that brands they grow they change they fall and they skin their knee you've got to clean it up you know 
it's it's a living, breathing thing that you have to continually process. And I know that was a really long-winded answer, but I'm passionate about it. No, I mean, honestly, it's just been so refreshing talking to you and getting to do this in front of my audience because we hit record like within three minutes of getting on the call. So all of this was totally happening organically. And hearing everything that you are saying, I'm realizing how much I absorbed of like your essence just by being on those couple of calls, because it's like, this is exactly how I feel. It literally says on my website, this is not a one size fits all approach. Everyone needs a custom strategy. That's why we need a 90 minute call. So I can create a custom strategy for you. You know, I, I totally believe that everything is evolving. I do this whole thing where I have people have coffee and close their eyes and envision their business walking through the door. Cause I also have a big spiritual element to Mm -hmm. everything that I do. And it's just getting stronger and how your business is an essence and has an energy and wants and needs all on its own. Even if your name is your business, you still are not your business and how to separate that and feel the evolution of your business and what it needs and how it wants to change and grow. So it's just becoming very full circle for me that like you were just so impactful in ways that, and I think that's kind of what I want to leave people with is you can impact people like almost on a subconscious level and your energy and your value and your confidence and how you show up and how you communicate and how you celebrate the other, I think is just, it's not lost on me. If anything, it's, most important thing to me. And that's what I've gotten out of this is I soaked up and absorbed so much from those meetings together that go way beyond what was said. Um, it's just how you are and how you be. (laughs) And, and now, you know, I'm seeing so much of that come into my business where I didn't even consciously think, Oh, I got that from Shane. Right. Like I just do that. I just am that. And so I think whoever you are and whatever you're putting out into the world, whether you have a platform or not, or just mentoring one person or have a kid, I think that it's really important to know that people are watching and, and you can absorb a lot, um, even from things that aren't directly said. So yeah, it's just been such beautiful conversation. And I agree with so much of what you said. And do you have any calls to actions? I feel like probably not. if we want to, <laughs> but you have a blog so we can read. I do. Yeah, oh God, so- I do. And I, I haven't, I haven't written in a while. I, um, when all of this COVID stuff started, I, I wrote an email. I don't know why, but like this, this just essay, whatever, just kind of like bubbled up and I wrote it and I sent it, I sent it to a couple of people and I sent it to my executive coach and he's like, uh, yeah, this needs to, he's like 20 more people need to see this. And then everybody's like, oh my God, you have to put this out there. And I, I've only got three, I, I haven't written, I, I just closed on a house yesterday and I need to write about that. And, and my grandfather died at the beginning of May and he was a hundred and it, 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 it hit me hard and I couldn't find the words. And then, you know, and then I started to write and then, you know, all of the social unrest happened and I thought, okay, now is not the time, you know, mm. there you know, there, there are other things that need, you know, that need room and, and my symbol full of brains and one voice doesn't need to be out there right now, but I need to pick it back up again. There are definitely things to say. And again, it's hard. I think, you know, I, one-on-one I'm good. I mean, you know, I, I told Michael I was doing this podcast. He's like, Whoa. 
And, um, you know, and this has been an incredible, incredible experience. And I'm, I'm just so grateful to, to have been able to, to share this with you. And again, I, I guess my call to action is, is, you know, ask yourself those sort of questions, find your value, find your value. And, 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 um, you know, and, and really, um, really know who you are and, and the good and the bad, there's things about me I can't stand, but they're there. Um, and I have to work with them, but, um, you know, know your strengths and play to them and find your value and, and, and go out that way and, and find somebody to mentor, even if it's one conversation, but, but really put yourself out there in that way, because believe it or not, everybody has something to share. Mm -hmm. Everybody has an experience, a moment, something to share that is of value. And, and, and when you, you know, when you put yourself out there and you decide you're open to share that the opportunities will come and it's, and it is as rewarding, if not more rewarding for me than it is for those that I am, I am kind of helping and mentoring. And, and when it started, I, I had come back from Boston. I was in a, a massive heartbreak and serving others and service, service is even my love language. Like serving mm -hmm. others is such an important thing for me, but I grew and I healed from that. Um, and I became a better person for it. So, you know, step out of your comfort zone and go just share yourself yeah. share yourself even the funny stupid crazy stories are sometimes and you know and learn how to you know laugh and have fun with it because someone else is going to find value in it well I definitely found value in working <laughs> with you and connecting with you and I'm excited to see you know where this all goes but I just want to thank you for being here you've been a gift in my life and now I get to share you with um, my audience and it was just such beautiful authentic and um, all of the things kind of conversation so thank you thank you thank, thank you, you for being here her website by the way is bespoke create um, if you want to look up any more about Shane or what she does and I'll put that in the show notes as well for everybody listening this was a really special one for me so thanks for uh, your time and presence and until next time keep growing Thank you.